Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Cynthia Zai about finding and fostering a powerful and persuasive leadership voice. Cynthia Jai, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Sure. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to have a, a good discussion with you today. You bring with you a lot of really great experience cross-nationally, and so I'm excited to have this discussion, not just as it relates perhaps to the U.S., where the majority of my listeners happen to be, um, but I do have listeners across 50 countries, and and I know you've traveled extensively, and so I think, uh, I think our discussion should be applicable um, to many across the world. Today, we're going to be focusing on finding and fostering a powerful and persuasive leadership voice, and I know this is something that you've done a lot of work in in the past. As we get started, I just wanted to share Cynthia's bio with the listeners. Cynthia Jai is a voice coach, professional speaker, and best-selling author. She's also a TEDx speaker. Cynthia has helped clients from 46 countries and across six continents with their voices to speak with impact and conviction, engages and inspires people to embrace change and take action. Cynthia has been a professional speaker and coach for the past 18 years, and her engagement spans five continents in 18 countries and regions such as the U.S., Finland, the Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, Argentina, Egypt, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Macau, mainland China, India. Uh, Bruni, Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, and the Philippines. Uh, and that's awesome. That's so amazing. Uh, Cynthia has appeared in USA Discover Your Talent show, uh, Singapore radio program, uh, 938 Live four times, Hong Kong radio, uh, and Malaysia business radio station BFM as a guest speaker on the subject of voice. She's a regular guest on podcast shows around the world. And Cynthia has spoken to more than 20,000 audience members across industries from the world's top uh, multinational companies. Um, she's talked at Stanford University, Sophia University, Mercer, Google, um, Procter & Gamble, various government uh, bodies in different countries. And my goodness, I could go on and on and on. Um, Cynthia, you just have such an incredible background, a rich um, career in helping others to find their voice and to be able to speak with power and, and, and to be able to influence those around them. So thank you for joining the podcast. I'm honored to have you on as a guest today. Anything else sure. you'd like to share by way of background uh, or personal context before we launch into the discussion? Oh, I think it's, uh, it's uh, a period of time where that I was able to um, 
and have the opportunities to work with people or work with companies from all over the world. So I think the key, the key is to be open to all kinds of opportunities. Well, I agree with that. I think being, being open, embracing the change around us and opportunity, you know, opens its doors in strange and unique ways that we often can't even expect. Uh, and even right now in the midst of a global pandemic and a global recession, um, obviously there's lots of challenges, um, lots of struggle, pain, suffering, um, but there's also lots of opportunities uh, that mm-hmm. come out of these types of times of trial. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, as we are able and to, to, to focus on the opportunities and, and keep our options open. I, I, I think that's that's an excellent way to go. And so you, you've definitely done that throughout your career. Um, I imagine that's how many of, of uh, your uh, opportunities have arisen, just by being open, being uh, yes. ready and willing to leverage and take advantage of what's presented to you. Um, yes, you know, sometimes right. we chase down opportunities, right? Sometimes we know there's, we have a goal and we want to go accomplish this thing. And so we're, we're going to focus on it. We're going to go towards it. But a lot of yeah. times things just happen organically and, yeah. and sometimes we're prepared for the organic opportunities that arise. And a lot of times we're not. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, very good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. As we get started today, I thought uh, first uh, perhaps you could share your perspective on what leaders tend to struggle with the most when you work with clients across the world in all these different countries uh, mm-hmm. And I should say, by the way, that I, I am so jealous. I love to travel. I do a good amount of travel myself, and I, and I mm-hmm. do consulting work internationally, and I do international research, um, but I, I haven't traveled as much as you. So I'm jealous and uh, envious, and, and uh, I, I, I'm so, so glad that we'll, we'll be able to have this kind of international uh, flavor to the discussion today. Um, so, yeah. so what do you think about leaders? Like, what, what do they tend to struggle with the most when you're working with them? Um, the very first thing is they will tell me that, oh, I want to be more charismatic as a leader, especially when I speak. And uh, so one of the key problems that they had was that they are speaking with a very logical voice, meaning that it's all reasoning analytical and uh, it lacks authentic emotion. And of course, it has to do with how our society is conditioning us, which is that we think uh, logic is superior comparing to uh, emotion. So that's why that they are, th- this is a very common problem where they're, when they're speaking, uh, there is a lack of authentic emotion. Yeah, and, and we need to be able to connect with people, right? So yes. it's important to have data to support what you're saying. It's important to have the facts on your side. Uh, mm-hmm. You can only get away with, with uh, leveraging, you know, kind of human emotion in and of itself for only so mm-hmm. long. So if you don't have substance behind what you're saying, you know, people will see through that, but that's not what you're yeah. saying. You're, you're saying, you know, we have that, we have the data, we have, we have the logical reasoning, we have the arguments, we have the support, but instead of just leaning on all of that, which just often doesn't connect with people, it doesn't resonate with people, it goes mm-hmm. over their head, uh, whatever. Um, if we can find a way to to 
tap into the emotion of individuals as it connects back to the logical arguments, as it connects back to yes. the evidence, that's where yeah. the power will be. Because then we have substance yes. and we have emotional hook. That emotional yeah. hook is so, so key. That's right. So I, I couldn't remember who originally said this quote, but this quote goes as, logic makes people think, emotion makes people act. So if you want people to take action, especially for leaders, then you have to speak with authentic emotion. Yeah, I think that's right. And that's, I have to admit, that's something that I struggle with sometimes. I'm very analytical. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a data wonk. I, I do a lot of research. So I like to think in terms of research questions. I like to think in terms of research-oriented recommendations. Um, I like to talk about the data, you know, uh, and, and that's important. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I'm, yes. I'm glad I do what I do. But, you know, I've seen it happen um, in organizational settings where there's just a disconnect between what I'm saying and I have all of the evidence, I have all the arguments on my side, um, mm-hmm. but, it, but I, I just am not able to get that leader to buy in. I'm just not able to convince them, persuade them that going down my path that I'm proposing would be a, a, a viable, uh, effective path. And, and the reason I, I found when that happens is because I'm just leaning too much on the analytical. I'm, I'm leaning too much on the logical and too much on the data um, mm-hmm. rather than helping frame, frame the arguments in such a way that, that, the, uh, that the executives that I'm working with or the organizational leaders that I'm working with, that they can feel that emotional hook, that they can feel um, that connection and then feel something about what to do moving forward um, yes. to, to generate that buy-in. Um, and yep. that's something I have to remind myself about over and over and over again, because it's not my natural tendency. My natural mm-hmm. tendency is to focus primarily on the arguments, on the data. And honestly, my, nat- my natural tendency is to get a little frustrated with people when they're not willing to acknowledge the evidence, you know? So I yep. say, there's, there's, I, I just laid out like all of this evidence. It's so yes. obvious to me and you're not yeah. engaging with the evidence at all. You're just making an emotional claim. Um, ir- ir- irrespective of the evidence, and that does frustrate me. Um, yeah, that's right. But and it's it's fair, I suppose, for me to be frustrated. But if I'm trying to be effective and persuasive, then it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. What matters is whether or not I connect with my audience. Yeah, that's right. So that happens to some of my clients as well. So they were saying that, oh, what I'm presenting making a lot of sense, but they are not hearing it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, the way you are speaking as well. Are you connecting with their emotional needs? Are you connecting with your voice, which is authentically expressing the emotions as well? So there are two layers. One is in your voice, the way you express your emotion. And the second layer is also that what you're presenting, whether it is fulfilling certain emotional needs of the client. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you think are some of the quick and simple things that leaders can start doing right away to increase the power and influence and persuasiveness of their voice as a leader? So we can talk about um, three things. 
One is since now we are talking about emotions, uh, the first thing that they can do is to think about the key emotions that we often uh, express in business. Like for example, one is determination. So uh, determination, firmness, assertiveness, they are all in the same category. And uh, they want to think about how they can express determination. So that's one thing. And the other one is that the caring, which may be challenging to, um, to the, uh, to the uh, male leaders. But that is something that they can learn as well to show that they care. Uh, they care about their staff members. They care about their clients. So caring is another emotion that we often use in business. And the third category is um, to, to have some fun, which is to build up the curiosity, build up the suspense. So one of the biggest problems my clients would always say to me, oh, I can't keep their attention. Um, so you can keep their attention if you know how to grab their uh, attention, if you know how to make them curious, if you know how to build suspense. So those were the three things that they can think about in terms of uh, expressing their authentic emotions. And uh, that'll be uh, on the emotion side. Yeah, good. Well, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have when they're considering their voice and how to increase mm -hmm. the influence of their voice? Yeah. So the first thing, yes, that they will be thinking, oh, my voice, the voice that I was born with, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't change it. I have to live with this voice that I'm born with. Um, that is the misconception that people have. Uh, the voice that people are, were born with, it is something that they can change. Um, it is not that they're going to become someone else. For example, some of my clients, they will say that, oh, I like the voice of Morgan Freeman. I like the voice of uh, Sean Connery's. So you don't need to become them, but you can have the quality of their voices. Like their voice is very uh, deep, very full. At the same time, it's uh, authoritative, but also very pleasant to listen to. So those are the qualities that you can develop in yourself as well. And that's the first misconception, which is, oh, I can't change my voice. You can and then the other one is that they think, oh, uh, when I work on my voice, it is to work on my tonality. And uh, working on the voice is much, much more than tonality. Uh, it is to work on who you are and better who you are. So when we work on the voice, we are literally working on uh, optimizing your vibration because voice is vibration. So we're optimizing your vibrational frequency. And when you work on your voice, change the quality of your voice, you not only sound better, but also you feel better. The outlook of you is much better. Uh, so that's what I see in some of my clients. When we were working towards the end of our uh, program, I could see that some of them, they were glowing. So those would be the two biggest misconceptions. Yeah, well, that's really cool. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine 
that's a lot of what you talk about with clients is about literal voice, literal voice technique, but also voice in the sense of um, how I frame things, how I, how I um, position myself in terms of my connection with those in the room um, and authentic, like I think of authentic voice. Like for example, yes. you mentioned earlier uh, in our discussion today about uh, leaders wanting to be more charismatic, right? Um, mm. Well, first of all, there's no one like correct leadership style. Like you don't need to be a charismatic leader to be an effective leader. And some people are kind of more naturally charismatic and other people aren't as naturally charismatic. And I'm one of those, right? I'm, I'm never going to be a Barack Obama um, or Michelle Obama type of speaker. They just invoke so much in through the voice that they have and they accomplish so much. And, and just frankly, I'm never going to get there, I don't think. And I'm not a particularly charismatic person, um, but that's okay. I can still be effective. I can still effectively uh, to, uh, communicate with people. I can still effectively share ideas and I can still um, hone the quality of my voice, both literally, literally and figuratively, to be able to have more influence on those around me. And, and I think the danger is if I chase this inauthentic path of like, mm. I, I decide I'm going to become this like super dynamic, charismatic speaker. Um, you know, I, I think I'm, it's just not going to work. Uh, and yeah. so That's connecting, and tuning, <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. And so yeah. connecting and, and, and tuning into who I am, what my strengths are building upon those strengths, I think is also a really important part as we consider yes. voice. Yes, that's right. So that's why that when I work with my clients, I'm not just going to give them, okay, this is all everyone is going to develop into. Uh, we also uh, discuss with the, I also discuss with the client that who they are, what kind of personality that they are, and what is the best way, best path for them. So I do have clients that who are, um, who can develop their authentic emotion. But there are also others that they are either not ready or that's not who they are. So then I like the word that you are saying, which is influence. So there are many different ways we can influence people. Uh, being charismatic is only one of them. There are also other ways that we can influence people. For example, um, Bill Gates, uh, he is making a big influence right now. And many people, even though there are many conspiracy theorists, but <laughs> I believe that we're all smart people. We know what's right, what's not right. So you see that people turn to him and also that people want to hear from him because he was able to predict something a few years back, which is happening right now. So that is another type of leader where that people turn to you because they trust you, they see you as the authority. And they know also that you can predict something uh, that's going to help people prevent something in the future. So that's another type of leader who can influence in their own way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know, I know in your work, you talk about authoritative voice and developing those sorts of characteristics. I, I suspect, again, I, I'm not quite sure, but I suspect that you don't mean by that, like, an authoritarian like leader, you know, like uh, we, we think of like a Mussolini or, you know, some, some of these like classic authoritarian uh, leaders throughout history. 
um, that yeah. there's so many negative things about that kind of leadership style. But right. you know, developing authority, an authoritative voice mm -hmm. um, as we lead others that can serve a purpose. Can you tell us a little bit about what that kind of a voice looks like? Sure. So some of my clients, when they came to me, they said, oh, I don't want to sound authoritative. I just want to sound confident. So because that's another misconception people have. They think that authority is something that's um, dominating, that's controlling, that's intimidating. Uh, but that's the wrong perception. Uh, authority doesn't mean that. Um, authority means that you are very grounded in who you are, what you can offer to people, to the world. And everyone sees you as the source of trustworthiness. They trust you. They trust uh, your good intention. Uh, so that to me is authority. And people who have that authority, they can speak with an authoritative voice that can influence people, that can make people trust them. Yeah, and that's something that you don't just do overnight, right? Like that's, no. that's built on reputation, that's built on relationships, people's history with you. Um, and so that's something that we need to work on continually and sustainably over a long period of time. And over time, we can develop that kind of authoritative voice. Um, yes. You know, and maybe another way of thinking about it is, is thought leadership. So when you brought up Bill Gates, for example, yeah. He, he's had, you know, a substantial amount of thought leadership in different areas, um, you know, due to his success, but also due to how he's, you know, successfully predicted certain things, um, you know, in terms of being a, a bit of a futurist, you know, trying to, to look around the corner, you know, of, of what the future holds and, and having some, some insights that are valuable, you know. And so, so that thought leadership leads to authority, authoritative voice, um, so yes. that people do turn to you. But it doesn't happen overnight. No, because um, to become that authority, become that thought leader, it is also a process of you working on yourself. Not only just working on your expertise, but also working on yourself that you believe you have value. You believe that you are important. What you offer is important. So if not, then you're not going to speak with an authoritative voice. I, I think that's right. Um, so so what, what would you suggest to people looking to develop their, authentic, their uh, authoritative voice? What are some things they should start doing right now? Uh, okay. So most of the times I will tell them that we achieve two A's. Uh, the two A's is not only authoritative, but also authentic. And uh, so to do that, uh, the very first thing, we, we develop the outer voice and the inner voice. And the outer voice is the physical mechanism of the voice, uh, including, for example, working on your breathing, working on your, how you use that breath to project the voice, working on developing more resonance, more vibration, more sound in the body. And that process itself is developing you as well as a person not only just developing your voice, but also developing you as a person because it is optimizing your vibration. It is often optimizing your vibrational frequency. So when you have developed that physical voice, you will sound and look 
feel more confident, more authoritative. Uh, and the inner voice is where it will bring you the authenticity. So we need to find out what kind of leader you are so that we don't have a one-size-fits-all uh, method to all people. So we have, it is uh, today in my workshop, there's someone asking, they said, oh, is it like we're all in the product line? We all come out the same. <laughs> it's not. So that's where the authenticity come in because we are going to find out who you are, uh, what is your way of leading, how you influence so that we can find your best way of becoming the authority. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, and it comes just back to, like you said, authenticity and, and tuning in to our own frequency, like understanding who we are, not trying to be someone we aren't. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And I, and I think a lot of times um, organizational leaders uh, who are struggling, um, they, they, they spend too much time chasing after what they think are the leadership ideals or chasing, you know, there's some new, you know, leadership book and popular press that comes out, some new fad. Um, yeah. And they think, okay, this is the, this is the key. This is a silver bullet. If I just do this, then everyone yeah. will listen to me. Everyone will follow me. And, you know, that's, that's not how leadership works. I mean, and it, honestly, it's not rocket science. Uh, I say that often to people. It's not rocket science. A, a, like a, the vast majority of effective leadership isn't about, you know, charisma. It isn't about any particular style, but it's about intentionality. It's about focus. It's about um, uh, being present with the people you lead and serve. It's about developing authentic relationships and being true to your authentic self. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then that's like the vast majority of it. When you do that, um, then you can be an effective leader and then you can improve your leadership capabilities by tacking on these extra skill sets around the periphery. I mean, that's how I yeah. view it. And, yes. and, but a lot of times people focus rather than doing the hard work of like what is at the core of being a good leader, they just kind of yeah. chase these little periphery um, edges, uh, hoping that that will be their silver bullet. And that's just not the way it works. Yeah, that's right. So I think that's very common in all kinds of different industries, different areas of improvement. Uh, even for the voice, for example, some of my clients they will be saying, oh, uh, I see that Gary V is very effective. So many people follow him. I follow him. I want to sound, develop that kind of voice. But then I would say to them, that's not who you are. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to develop a voice where that there are so many people chasing after. You have to find your own grounding. So it's the same for leadership. It's not that you're going outside of yourself, chasing external, all these different styles. Then you're not centered in who you are. So that's the core of voice. That's the core of leadership. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Cynthia, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Um, we could go on and on, but we're about out of time. Uh, before we part ways today, though, I want to give you the last word and I want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can find out more about you and your work uh, and get connected with you. Sure. So since we're talking about getting centered in who you are, uh, I would recommend that uh, an exercise for the listeners. This is also an exercise that I often ask my clients to do. 
which is to think about, to, and to know who you are, to uh, get centered in being who you are, and ask yourself that what is that one thing you are most proud of? Uh, that's the one thing that's about you. So could be, for example, that you were able to turn companies around. It could also be that you, you received um, positive feedback from your team members. So think about what is the one thing that you are most proud of yourself. And from that one thing, you can start to find out who you are, what you are good at, so that you get more centered in yourself instead of go outside of yourself and chasing after those shiny objects. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really encourage uh, my listeners to reach out to Cynthia, find out more about her. Um, her LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes. Um, get connected because there's a lot she could do to help you um, find out what she's doing. And, and we can use that exercise that Cynthia just described to start the process as we try to consider our voice, developing our ability to have power in our voice as a leader and to influence those around us. Thanks for everyone. Uh, Thanks to everyone for joining us today on the podcast. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe and that everyone has a wonderful uh, rest of their week and that everyone finds meaning and purpose at work each and every day. Thank you. We are excited to announce the launch of Human Capital Innovation's new e-magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. We hope you'll check out our first issue And please let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.